This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim High Excellence presents Jewels from the Holy Quran A series of lectures by Mufti Ismail Ibn Musa Mink Lecture 17, Jews 21. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator of entire creation. Wa salatu wa salamu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Complete blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions. And all of us, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the true benefit from the lessons of this Qur'an. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us through the waves of guidance and to guide us onto the shores, inshaAllah, of Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us there. Surah Al-Ankabut is a surah that we completed this evening. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah speaks about the spider web, and we mentioned that yesterday. In the opening verses of the 21st chapter of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the lesson is for all of us. Read that which has been revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the book, meaning the Qur'an. And establish salah, for definitely, salah will prohibit a person from immorality and evil. That is the declaration of the Qur'an. Salah should be prohibiting us from immorality and evil. So if anyone is engaged in immorality and evil, that means their salah is not in order. Do you know that this salah is a training for us? It is a training for us to live our whole lives according to the commands of our own Creator. When we stand in salah, we are asked to look down. Why? In order to teach us the controlling of the gaze. Though there is nothing haram in the masjid, but it is best for us to look at the point of sujood. So if we can look only on the spot where Allah wants us to look five times a day, when we are outside salah, it won't be very difficult for us to drop our gaze wherever we have to, to please the same Creator. The same applies in salah, I am only allowed to utter certain words which are from the Qur'an. Though the hadith of Rasulullah is correct, can I get up and start reading the hadith in the first rak'ah? I can't. So if I can only utter words that Allah has asked me to utter, Five times a day, surely outside salah, I can stay away from foul language. 
Similarly, in salah, I am not allowed to walk about and talk, and I am not allowed to eat even halal food. I am not allowed to eat in salah. So if I can close my mouth and I can learn to control these items five times a day, then definitely outside salah, it won't be a very big issue for me to abstain from that which is haram for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us the understanding. Now do we see that if we read salah in the correct way for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it should make our lives so pure that it, we will be prohibited automatically from evil and immorality. When a person's gaze is controlled, inshallah, the rest of the problem of immorality is already solved. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So this is something that is extremely important. Also, when a person reads salah solely to please his creator, without intending anything else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala automatically develops this person's iman. Because... No one is driving them to reading salah besides the love of their own creator. Now, when you have read five salah a day solely to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when there is evil to be committed in the same day, a good Muslim will tell himself, look, I've already achieved five salah. Why must I spoil the reward by now going into that which is bad and evil? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guard us and safeguard us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same surah speaks about death once again. And this verse repeats itself. It was simple for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say it once in the Qur'an. Just once. كُلُّ الْمَوْتِ Every soul shall taste death. But Allah repeats this verse so many times in the Qur'an. Because we human beings are very quick to forget. We remember tonight, we sit here and we remember, MashaAllah, you know, Ya Allah, forgive me, I will turn to you and so on and so forth. And after we leave here, Ramadan is ended and we just at the back of our minds, we know that, you know, one day we attended a certain lecture and we had promised Allah, warm tears roll down our cheeks. Now what happened to all that? We need another reminder. So Allah gives us another Ramadan a few months down the line. Allahu Akbar. So in the same way, there are so many verses in the Quran that are repeated because Allah says, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind. For definitely the reminding will help those who truly believe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for us. And Allah is reminding us about death. And whilst reminding us about death, a few verses down, He speaks about the reality of this life. He says, وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُ وَلَعِبٍ وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ The life of this dunya is only an amusement and a pastime. But the real life is that life of the hereafter. Do you know the 60, 70 years, the 80 years, maximum 100 years that we might live is nothing compared to the billions of years that are to come. Inshallah, may Allah make us meet in Jannah. If we meet in Jannah, after being in Jannah for 30 billion years, and we meet each other and we remind each other of this day here, and we ask each other, you know what, how, how long has gone by? And we say 30 billion years. It's outside our minds, isn't it? And then the question comes, how much is remaining? What is the answer? The answer is, you know what? We've only just started. Allahu Akbar. Take a look at the comparison of that. I know I've mentioned a huge figure. 
But the comparison of that to these 70 years that we tackle and half of them we suffering health problems and marital problems and family feuds and disputes and earning a livelihood day and night, rushing to and forth like headless chickens. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. This life is nothing. The true life is the akhirah. Do you know how, and this is a very very important example because tonight is going to come twice. The, the example of a dream. You know how when we are dreaming and you dream, you feel like you've lived a whole lifetime. But when someone wakes you up, it's only 15 minutes past. Or 2-3 hours past. And that was like a whole story on its own. And suddenly you get up into reality. Allahu Akbar. In a similar manner, when we die, we will get up into reality. That is the true reality. Then we will say, oh, that was just like a dream. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the comprehension of this dunya and the fact that it is just a pastime and an amusement, we need to invest in the akhirah. We need to make sure we've done deeds in order to build our houses in the akhirah. Nowadays, if you have money and you have planning and architecture and people at your disposal and you plan a beautiful house, you spend lots of money and time to plan the house how you want. The kitchen must be here. The lounge must be there. Let me pay an interior designer to come in and tell me what to do and where to do it. And we will spend so much time, four years, five years, the house is there, touch of a button and it goes. I know now of certain houses that I've seen where voice recognition is used to open the gates. Believe me, I'm sure it must be here in Cape Town. Those who know, would know. Allahu Akbar. Voice recognition and you open the gates. Like how we have cell phones and motor vehicles, voice recognition and it speaks back to you. Allahu Akbar. So... We plan and we invest so much money for a house. How long are we going to use that house for? Let's be honest. If I've built it at the age of 40, if I'm lucky, I'll use it for another 40 years. Agreed? Another 40 years. If I'm very lucky. And after I die, my children will fight about who owns that house. So it's caused a huge problem anyway. And we are ready, really, we are ready to spend so much time and effort for that house. What about the house of the akhirah? What about our rooms and lounges and kitchens up there? Allahu Akbar. Can't we read our five salah? Every time you read a salah, say, Ya Allah, that's my payment towards the akhirah. Every time I fast, I say, Ya Allah, that's my payment. Every time you stay away from haram. Ya Allah, I've stayed away from haram because that's my payment for the akhirah. Ya Allah, I want another room. I want air conditioning. I want this, I want that. Allahu Akbar. And we explained Jannah. A few days back when we said, if you can think of something in your brain, you must remember in Jannah, there is much better than that. We explained it in detail a few days back. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes that. And after that, He describes the sincerity levels of people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, before I mention the verse, let me tell you, when we are in an aircraft, when we are in an aircraft, and suddenly the captain announces, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts, we are going through a little bit of turbulence. And what happens? The plane starts rocking from side to side, jumping up and down. We hold our seats and say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Is that not correct? We read our shahada, we declare it, and we say, Ya Allah, safeguard us. Ya Allah, forgive my sins. Ya Allah, if you take me away, look after my children. Allahu Akbar. What is that? The levels of ikhlas up in the air when the plane is rocking. That level of ikhlas is the same level we need here when we are on earth. Otherwise, we become hypocrites. Look what Allah says. فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَمُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ When they are riding in the ship in the middle of the ocean and the waves begin to rock that ship, 
They make a dua to Allah with total ikhlas and sincerity. Ya Allah, save us. Just like what we do when we are in the air. And Allah says, then when we save them and we bring them to the shore and on land, suddenly they forget. And they now start associating partners with Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. May that not happen to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the same sincerity levels. And Allah mentions it here to draw our attention that look, prepare for the akhirah. In one of the verses we read tonight, Allah says, in Surah Al-Ahzab, قُلْ الْفِرَارُ مِنَ الْمَوْتِ أَوِ الْقَتْلِ Say, tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, running away will not help you if you are running away from death or from being killed if Allah has written that against you. It will not help you. When the angel of death at the prescribed time, prescribed place comes down, that angel will take us away no matter what. So remember whether it is in the air, 37,000 feet above sea level, or whether it is in the oceans, or whether it is on land, or in a high-rise building, or whatever we have, remember we cannot run away from the command of Allah, and the decree of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us understanding. The next surah is Surah Al-Rum, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts speaking about the Romans. It is named after the Romans. And Allah speaks about how they lost against the Persians. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about various issues in the surah. And from amongst these issues, I'm sure we heard the verses being repeated tonight. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ From amongst the signs of Allah. From amongst the signs of Allah. And there is a whole list of things that are mentioned there. The first thing Allah says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ تُرَابَ ثُمَّ إِذَا أَنْتُمْ بَشَرٌ تَنْتَشِرُونَ From amongst the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He created you, O man, from soil. And thereafter, you became spread on this earth. What a sign. Imagine we started off with one. And then there's a progeny. Like how some of us who know our great-great-grandfathers, we realize that He is one and through Him we are related to 70, 80, 100, 200 other people. The same applies to Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that being a sign. Another sign, He says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَكُمْ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ A sign for those who ponder. Allah says, is that we created for you, from you, your spouse. Your wives, your husbands, Allah says, we created for you from you, your spouses, so that you can achieve what from them? Comfort from them. So that you can achieve solace, so that you can achieve the coolness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us marriages that are full of coolness and not marriages that are full of heat. Allahu Akbar. As is the norm nowadays. Everyone is complaining. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us happy with what we have and help us really assist one another. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He has created love between you. You know when you are married to someone, the minute you utter the words, yes, I have accepted her in my marriage, automatically there is a strong feeling, a strong feeling, very, very possessive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us really that feeling that is the best for our marriages. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes something else. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, From His signs, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ Allahu Akbar. Allah says, From His signs is that He created the skies and the earth, and He gave you different languages, though you come from one source, and different colors. Do you know, just think about it for a moment, if all of us looked exactly the same, and we were all the same color, do you know, I've thought about it, we wouldn't have names, we would have numbers. We would have numbers and barcodes, Allahu Akbar. As you pass, people know, this is me, that's my wife, Allahu Akbar. Life would be so boring, because everyone would look the same. If one has a pimple here, the whole globe has a pimple exactly there. You would need a number to differentiate you. We, as men, are so weak, we cannot differentiate identical twins. What about if all humanity was the same? So Allah says, one of His signs, He made you different. That is why no one must feel, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too small, I'm too short, I'm too tall. Someone somewhere will like what you are like. Allahu Akbar, you will find a spouse, don't worry. Some of the women folk nowadays, they go on their diets, which make them see stars. Why? Because there's no nutrients. They begin to feel, oh, I am possessed by a jinn. I can hear sounds at night. Sheikh, please cure me. The cure for that is a little bit of chocolate, some yogurt, some red meat, and inshallah you'll sleep well. There won't be any sounds inshallah. You won't hear things. Why? To abstain from things that Allah has made halal and permissible, you begin to see stars because you want to look very, very thin and, and, and small. Some countries of the globe, wallahi, they put the women folk in a room with potatoes and water and a stove, and they say, eat until you weigh 70 kilos, then you come out. I'm not joking. Go to Mauritania and ask them what happens there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. It used to happen. I don't know about now. <laughs> so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to show us that it is a blessing that you are different. Don't all try to be like that woman or this one here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. I'm sure you've all realized that the message is more for the women folk. Because really we are suffering. Today we have... The models of the globe, whom the globe and the western world look up to, whom, if you look at their own lives, their lives are full of chaos. They don't have their brains properly in their heads. And yet people want to look like them, be like them, act like them, Allahu Akbar. When we have the example of Khadija binti Khuwailid radiallahu anha, Aisha radiallahu anha and the likes. And we are far away, as I mentioned in Jumu'ah today, what do we know about Aisha radiallahu anha? Some of our daughters know more about Britney Spears than Aisha radiallahu anha. What an insult. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to rectify that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the different colors. Then He says, part of the signs, listen to this. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ مَنَامُكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ Allahu Akbar. Allah speaks about how we sleep at night. One of the signs is that we sleep and we dream at night. You know what bigger sign of Allah that is? Let me give you an example to bring it close to your minds. When you walk into a room and you see two people sleeping, you will only notice snoring. May Allah protect us from snoring. You will only notice snoring. But one man might be in his dream being frozen in a cold room and a freezer room. And he is suffering in his dream. And the one right next to him might be being burnt in a fire. And they are both screaming and yelling for help. But when you watch them, they are both snoring right next to each other. This one can't feel the cold of that one's cold room. And that one cannot feel the heat of this one's fire. Allahu Akbar. And the two are right next to each other. Nobody has ever developed a machine where you can put it on the forehead and say, this is what they are dreaming. Allahu Akbar. These are the signs of Allah. That's the creator. He speaks about it here in the surah. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about so much more in the surah. Wallahi, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the benefit of what He has mentioned. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the rainfall is also a sign. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ يُرْسِلَ الْرِيَاحَ مُبَشِّرَاتِ The wind that is sent by Allah. The wind comes with glad tidings. Sometimes you see the clouds being driven by the wind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that's a sign of Allah. And when it rains, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا Look at the results of the blessing of Allah, the rain of Allah. How the world becomes, meaning the earth becomes green and becomes alive after it was dead. The earth becomes alive after it was dead. You know when you have no greenery at all, suddenly you have good rainfall. What happens? Everything becomes green. It comes. Allah says, suddenly it blossoms and it grows. Allahu Akbar. So then Allah says, That is the one who's going to resurrect you also. Do you know, every time Allah mentions the reign of mercy in the Quran, immediately after that, He draws a parallel with the resurrection of mankind. He says, when the earth is dead, rain falls and everything grows. When you are dead and decomposed into the soil, besides the ajbu dhanab, the last part of the spine, Allah speaks about how it will remain, small little portion. Allah says, after the trumpet is blown, we will cause a white thick rain to rain on earth for a period of 40. Whether it's days or months or years, we are not so sure. The hadith does not mention exactly what. But it will rain for a period of time and we will grow like how trees grow. Did we ever know that? Each one of us will grow almost 18 meters tall. 60 feet tall. Up to the age of 33, according to some of the narrations. Those who've died post-puberty, they will, no matter what age you've died, so long as it was post-puberty, you will be risen right up to a standard age. So Allah says, look, we bring the dead earth back to life, we will also bring you after you've died back to life. Study the verses of the Qur'an, every time the reign of mercy is mentioned after that, Allah slips in one word or two regarding resurrection of man. Allahu Akbar. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done here. And Allah mentions in the same surah, surah al-Rum, towards the end, He says, Allahu الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ ضَعْفِ ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ ضَعْفٍ قُوَّةٍ ثُمَّ جَعَلَ مِنْ بَعْدِ قُوَّةٍ ضَعْفًا وَشَيْبَةٍ Allah creates you from weakness. When you're a child and a baby, you are so weak. You have no strength. Then Allah says, after that, He gives you energy. MashaAllah, everyone feels strong, especially in your teenagers, when you feel you can beat up the whole world. Allahu Akbar. Anyone starts with you, you look at them, and you breathe heavily, like, you know, come here, I'll sort you out. That is a feeling that people get at the teenage. Allah says, we know that that's the feeling they get. Bubble and burst with energy, because one day, we will return them back to weakness. They must know that that's our plan. When you get to the top of the mountain, you can't stay there forever. You've got to come down to eat something, inshallah. Unless you've taken a bit of lunch, when your lunch finishes, you still have to come down. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, I created you from weakness, then you go to strength, and after that you will come down to weakness again, and gray hairs, which means it will be even worse. That is why sometimes the old people, you've got to forgive them. Sometimes you've got to understand, there might be a generation gap, they might utter words full of wisdom, but sometimes we don't understand them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to respect those who are old. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them all 
really a good life full of good health and may he take them when he knows it's best to take them and even us. May he take us away when he knows it's the best time to take us away inshallah. Amen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next surah he names it surah Luqman. Luqman was a he was not a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he was a wise man al-hakim. He was a very wise man. That is why Allah starts the surah Alif Lam Mim Tilka Ayatul Kitab Al-Hakim. Luqman was Hakim. He was wise. For those who are Huffad here, that's a little point of memory to remind you to say, don't say Mubin. They say Hakim because Luqman was Hakim. Inshallah. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala speaks about this man whom it is said he was from Africa. He gave good advice. Very wise man. He gave good advice to his child, and Allah makes mention of that advice here. Ya Bunaya. Oh my little son, listen to this. And Allah mentions so many important things. One is, لا تشرك بالله Don't associate partners with your own creator. Don't be bad and disobedient to your parents. Even if they try and move you astray, don't follow them in that, but still be good to them. Allahu Akbar. Then he says, Oh my son, fulfill your duties to your creator. Engage in your acts of worship. Oh my son, do not become arrogant. Don't show people your cheek turning away. And don't scream too loud when you talk. Don't scream and don't even be too soft that no one can hear you. Speak properly with lots of respect. Think of your words before you utter them. Allah speaks about that here. The advice in this Quran, Luqman alayhi salatu wasalam gave his son. And he also says, Ya Bunaya, innaha in takumit qala habbatin min khardal. فَتَكُنْ فِي صَخْرَةٍ أَوْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ أَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يَأْتِ بِهَا اللَّهِ Telling his son, Oh my son, even the weight of a mustard seed, a little grain of good or bad, in the darkest corners of the, of the night, if you have done it, Allah will bring it forth. Even if it is lying within a rock. Do you know, underneath a rock is one thing, but inside the rock, Allahu Akbar. Even that Allah knows. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So that is Surah Luqman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that in Surah Luqman. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a powerful, powerful comparison. He says, do you know the trees? All the trees in creation. There are so many we will never be able to count them. Allah says if every tree on earth was a pin. Listen to this. Every tree was a pin. And all the water in the oceans was ink. And you used those pens with that ink to write the signs of Allah and the power of Allah. And all the signs that lead to Allah's power, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, the ink will finish, the trees will finish, and there'll still be so many more signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَوْ أَنَّمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجَرَةٍ أَقْلَامٍ وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرٍ مَا نَفِدَتْ كَلِمَاتُ اللَّهِ Allahu Akbar. That is the verse I translated before I read it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something even more powerful. In another surah, in fact at the end of surah Al-Kahf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says regarding the oceans, وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا Even if we multiplied so many fold the seas and oceans and the water in it, still that water would finish, our signs won't finish. Allahu Akbar. That is the power of Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Luqman, after mentioning the creation, everything is created, the skies, the earth, everything. He says, 
This is the creation of Allah. فَأَرُونِي مَاذَا خَلَقَ الَّذِينَ مِن Show me what have those besides Allah created. We have seen what Allah has created. Now show us what those besides Allah has created. A few surahs back, we heard that they have not created a fly. They will never be able to create even a fly. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant us the, the ability to understand His greatness and His power. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of Surah Luqman speaks about the five issues of the unseen known as Mafatihul Ghaybi. The five keys of the unseen. None can know them besides Allah. Let's go through them. The first thing, He is the one who knows when the hour shall take place. Qiyamah, nobody knows besides Allah. Yes, when Allah tells the angel to blow the trumpet, so the angel shall know. Even the angels don't know right now. Only Allah knows that. And He is the one who sends down rain. Where rain, how much rain, exact, the exact components of that droplet of rain, whether it's acidic rain or not, and whether it's beneficial or not, how it's going to fall, when it's going to fall, what it's going to do as a result, that only Allah knows. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. He knows what is in the wombs of women. Only He knows, no one else knows. Now, some people begin to say, well, I can tell the sex of the child, it's a female. We've seen it in the scan. Allah did not say, وَيَعْلَمُ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْحَامِ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ He didn't say he knows who is there, male or female. No, he knows what is there. Do you know there is amnion fluid in the womb? What is the exact component of that amnion fluid? You won't know. And if you test it, it will not be as accurate as what, as what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But even if one day, man comes about with some technology to find that out, let me tell you what else man does not know in that womb. The precise date of birth of that child, ashaqiyun am sa'id, is that child going to have good fortune or bad? Let the machines of the dunya calculate that. It is written in the womb already. Is that child going to have, how much sustenance is the child going to have? It's written there already. Allahu Akbar. Bring the machines now of the dunya, let's see. So to know the sex of the child is something minor. Don't ever think the Qur'an has a problem in it. And now, you know, technology is proving that this is wrong. Some people, I've heard them asking me the question. You know, Shaykh, the Qur'an says only Allah knows what is in the womb. What about me? I know them, that it's now a male child. You say, no, listen, you have not understood it. This is what Allah means. You tell me, Rizquhu wa ajaluhu, ashaqiyun am sa'id, all these things are written. It can't happen. Meaning, when the, when the child is going to be born, when the child is going to die, what type of health the child will have, when the bones are going to break of the child if they are meant to be broken, or how that child will look 10 years later, how many pimples the child will have, and so on. Sorry for speaking about those today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all good skin, inshallah. And may He cure those who have diseases of the skin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what He is saying. يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ No one knows precisely what sustenance He is going to receive tomorrow. What you're going to eat tomorrow, you don't know. You might plan. But if Allah is the only one, Allah is the only one who can make that plan succeed or fail. You can plan to do something and Allah can decide, no ways, this is not going to happen. Allah will create a situation that can change the whole thing. Then Allah says, وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ 
knows where that soul shall die. On which land it will die. Allah might take you to a far off land, to Mecca and Medina, and you might die there. When you go, you think you are going for Hajj, and you don't return. Allahu Akbar, it's possible. May Allah grant us a beautiful death there in Al-Madinatul Munawwara. So, this is what Allah's plan is. No one can tell when they are going to die. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all protection. How many times the doctors tell you, you've had two weeks to live, and they live six years down the line. Six years down the line, they're still healthy and fit. Allahu Akbar. It has happened, and I'm sure it's happened here in your city as well. Because man can utter through their experience, but they cannot confirm it and sign all their wealth to say this man is dying in the next five minutes. I sign every piece of wealth I have. They can take a risk. If Allah wants, it might happen, but Allah is the only one who knows whether it will happen or not. Then in the next surah is surah to sajda Alif Lam Mim sajda Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the sajda of those who believe. And Allah speaks about the qualities of those who shall get Jannah. تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا They are the ones at night, their sides refuse to lie down on their beddings. They get up, when everyone else is asleep, they engage in dua and in salah. Those are the people who will earn Jannah. Didn't we read a sajda tonight? That was Allah describing for us. Those who believe, they fall prostrate. So immediately we fell prostrate because we believe. Allahu Akbar. That was the sajda that we read. And Allah continues to describe these good deeds. May Allah make us from amongst those who can get up at least sometimes in the, in the night. And I, I have said it in the past. It is not a condition that you read tahajjud. You can set your clock even for two minutes at that time, raise your hands when the clock rings, say, Ya Allah, I know you are calling at this moment in time. Ya Allah, I am one of those who wants your mercy, have mercy on me. And then close your hands and go back to sleep. At least you've called out in that Mubarak hour, that blessed hour. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the power to do that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commences another surah known as Surah Al-Ahzab. The surah where the allies are mentioned. Which allies? At the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there was an alliance of people. And they all got together, the different tribes and clans, and they went to Madinatul Munawwara in order to attack them. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dug a trench around parts of Medina where it was possible for the enemies to have come, so now they could not come. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that. And He mentions it in the surah. And He says, Ya alaykum, O you who believe. Remember the gift of Allah upon you. إِذْ جَاءَتْكُمْ جُنُودٌ فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ رِيحًا وَجُنُودًا لَمْ تَرَوْهَا When all the armies came to you, we sent to them a strong wind. This means we sent to them one of our members of our army, the wind, Allah's army. We sent to them a strong army of wind and we sent other armies that you could not see. Meaning the angels also came down to help the believers at that time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us in every single way. But at the beginning of the surah, Allah speaks about something very important. He speaks about the orphan child and He speaks about children at large. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Always refer to the children with their father's names. So and so, son of so and so, and then the surname. The surname should be the father's surname, not the mother's. Always, Allah says that here, call them 
with their father's names. On the day of Qiyamah, we will be called with our father's names. What's the use of cheating? Normally and usually with us, because of our weakness, after a divorce, what happens? The mother wants the name of the children to be on her name. For what? Allah says here, it's a major, major sin. On the day of Qiyamah, the child will not be called with the mother's name. No ways. So much so that on marriage, a woman has the right to maintain her own maiden name. That is the Islamic name. Why do we change our names and we become Mrs. So-and-so? Instead of, say for example, we have Khadija, daughter of Abdullah, and wife of Abdul Aziz, right? So we say Khadija binti Abdullah. Khadija, the daughter of Abdullah. That will not change even on the day of Qiyamah, she will be called out by that name, no matter what. Now, because of immigration purposes, to make things easy for us in the dunya that we're living in, it will not be prohibited in our case to call her Khadija, the wife of. So now the words that are missing are not daughter of, they are now wife of. So you're not cheating, you're not hiding, you're not stealing. But you are just now referring to her as the wife of Abdul Aziz. But still it is preferred to say Khadija, daughter of Abdullah in Islam. And if we are cheating, deceiving and stealing, meaning trying to con the people, then it is absolutely haram to utter those words. So remember, no matter what, you call the child with the father's name and the father's surname. No matter what. Allah says, if you don't know the father's name in the case of a lost person, then you can just call them connected to you, but you cannot refer to them as your own children. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. At the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he looked after Zayd ibn Haritha. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they used to refer to Zayd as Zayd ibn Muhammad. And Allah says, no, he is not ibn Muhammad. He's not the son of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You call him exactly who he is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us strong. Especially after a divorce has taken place, may he not let us lose our iman by changing the names just because we want this child not to know the father. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. It is happening with people who call themselves Muslims. Wallahi, we can make a change now and here and today. And we can promise Allah. We can tell the child, even when you've adopted a child, make sure, you might, the child might use your name for purposes of paperwork. But make sure you inform the child very early that you know what? We love you so much. Really, you are like a son to us, but you are the child of someone else. We are looking after you. That is your Islamic duty because on the day of Qiyamah, the child will be called with another name. You don't want to be the embarrassment. Then the child looks at you and says, but you never told me I was the son of so-and-so. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the surah also about the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهِ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا There is definitely a beautiful example in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for those who would like to follow. For those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who want to get to the akhirah. Everything in our lives we should understand we must follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's example. So much so that even the duas he made, he said, Oh Allah, save me from jealousy. He was not jealous. Save me from stinginess. He was not stingy. But he made all du'as so that if we followed his example, automatically we would be making the same du'as. What a powerful example. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to study his life. And to understand how he dealt with everyone, how he traded, 
what type of a businessman he was, how he dealt with his enemies, how forgiving he was, how he dealt with his family members, how we should be dealing with our own spouses. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all strong and grant us the acceptance to follow that example. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu.